What's going on, everybody? It's Ryan. And I'm Anthony. And what are we doing today? Ryan, I really need to ask you a question. What would happen? What do you think would happen if we got to the year 2214 and the Me Too movement was not a thing? Oh, there would be the fifth element. It would be the fifth yeah. element, wouldn't it? That's what we're watching today. <laughs> Thanks, Bruce Willis. All right, Anthony, do you know what we're doing today? <laughs> do I? Do I ever? <laughs> I just watched this movie, so I'm pretty excited to talk about it. Uh, so, going back to, like, Greek mythology, how many elements do you think there are? Well, there's only four. Oh, but that's where you're wrong. Dun, dun, dun. It's actually five. There is a fifth element. <laughs> and uh, Lucky us, Bruce Willis is here to help us. <laughs> yeah, he's helped, help, us to te- help, help teach us uh, the ways of the fifth element oh, uh, in the creepiest way possible. Oh, boy. That was... This, this, was, this movie was definitely made in the 90s. Yeah. Oh, man. It was okay to be creepy then. I, apparently. Yeah. I, I, I would argue it wasn't okay then, but they just put it in movies anyways. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, this movie... This movie was definitely an artifact of it of when it got made. So, oh, so before we get started, obviously we talk about beer. Beer, beer is good and stuff. We like beer. Yeah, it, it tastes good. All right, Anthony. So tell us either what you're drinking or what you're liking. So I'm uh, still on that Carbach train. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking the Carbach Lemon Ginger Rattler. Uh, Carbach, of course, a brewery down in Houston, Texas. So. Still drinking right. a good Texas beer. Yeah. Which, uh, it's rare for me these days to drink a uh, beer that is not from Texas. So uh, who knows? May happen. Every now and then I'll drink something from Colorado or something like that. Yeah. Solar. But Texas makes the best beer. So why would I? I agree with that. The state. Yeah. So lemon ginger, uh, the lemon ginger rattler. Uh, as I've talked about in the past, it's th- we're still in the butt crack of summer. It's freaking hot outside. I need a beer that's not going to make me sweat my butt off. Mm-hmm. So, uh, drinking this lemon ginger Rattler, it's, uh, a, the Rattler is made for, like, bicyclists, but it tastes like a shandy. So, you get that lemon flavor, you get that ginger flavor coming through, and you don't get that weight in your gut after yep. drinking a, one or two of them. Yep. And you don't get too much of a buzz, so you can drive your bicycle straight <laughs> straight down the line and not get pulled over by the, uh, uh, the, uh, uh the police, police, police officers, uh, as you're driving down the street, so. That's true. Yeah. Hey, you can get you can get pulled over for drinking and driving on the bicycle. Oh, I know. Uh, I mean, not, not from personal not, experience. No, or anything, not at all. But, uh, I've seen it on TV, so it must be true. Yes, yes. If it's on <laughs> if it's on the internet or on TV, it's true. Right. Uh, Ryan, what are you drinking today? So I think I've had this one in the past. Well, well, not this version. So I'm drinking Tups, which I drink a lot of Tups, but they're <laughs> uh, IPA Series Twelve. I'm pretty sure. I think it was our. Episode zero, I had their either ten or eleven that I was yeah. drinking, something like that. Have you had the previous nine? The nine, I think so I, I have series one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and nine, and in addition to ten, eleven, and twelve. So I think the furthest back I've had is actually nine. Okay. Um, every once in a while, I guess you can still find other versions of it. Actually, Tup's post not too long ago. So starting September first, you can actually buy beer from breweries now. In the past, well, as in right now, we can't. We have to do it through a, a third party or other s- stupid stuff because laws don't make sense sometimes here in Texas. Yeah. So uh, they released saying September 1st, they're going to have a bunch of their Series 2s. Um, have they just been keeping this stuff in kegs? Just right? Around? Just like, what have you been doing with all this <laughs> stuff? But they said that they have a bunch of stuff 
different kinds of beers that they'll only sell from their brewery going back into the archives i guess right i was just like <laughs> i kind of want to go I yeah, try series too i might but, have to try that too right so uh we're, i'm actually really pumped because uh next weekend we'll be going to the actual tups brewery trying to you know lot of stuff off their tap stuff that they don't sell in yeah. stores they're also having a sale which i'm super excited about i'm yeah. gonna buy a bunch of tub stuff get a really cool some really cool uh, tups merch uh, that's they, right they have like a garage sale clearance thing going on yeah i'm so pumped it's it's they make some of my favorite beer ever so yeah uh, and that's uh they have they have some uh, some of my favorite stouts but they don't uh can them or at least i've not found them canned you so, have to go. It's almost like you have to go there to, in, in order to get the good stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I've I've seen a few canned, but they're usually slim pickings. If, if yeah, they're even well, yeah, there. Or that or that or people buy them like immediately. Yep. Yeah, that's the big thing. Everybody, everybody knows. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's our beer. Let's go on to the fifth element. Yep. So the five elements. Uh, so the four elements in the Greek sense are earth, wind, fire, and water. Right. But apparently the fifth element we're going Captain America style here because that fifth <laughs> element apparently in this movie is also heart or Ugh. love as they would say. Yeah. Uh, but let's be fair, it's heart. They, they <laughs> yeah. So so uh, and Captain America was first. That was from the early nineties. This, this movie was made in nineteen ninety seven. Rip off. <laughs> <laughs> So flashback with me to 1997 and then flashback a little bit more to 1914 where this movie starts. So we're back in early, not not early ancient Egypt, but not even that, like 1914 Egypt. Uh, so when they're digging through the, so this is like, I don't know why they picked 1914 to be totally honest. Who knows? Because the pyramids had, the pyramids had, and like the Rosetta Stone and all that stuff, it was just discovered back in the Napoleon, Napoleonic times mm-hmm. in the 1800s. So... Why they pick something like 1914? Just like, I why? It's like it makes no sense to me. They just pulled a date out of a hat and was like, here. But all I can tell you is there's an old professor guy, a priest, uh, a bunch of little kids running around helping these guys uh, that are kind of more or less tomb raiding and doing research on these hieroglyphs. And Luke Perry, for some reason, is just hanging around. He's uh, sketching. Which isn't he? Yeah, and he's not doing his job. He's supposed to be sketching these hieroglyphs, and then he's just. You know, honestly, this was like the 90s. Luke Perry was a hot commodity at the time, coming fresh off of Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, that's true. Yeah. 1994. Yeah. So... What a time to be alive. They they spent, they must have spent like a, uh, not maybe not a good chunk of change, but maybe they, paid, they probably paid him decently to be in this movie, and he's just in there for like maybe like five to seven minutes. Yeah, something like that. It was a very interesting use of his time. Whatever. He got to be uh, dressed up in period dress from uh, World War World War One, uh, pre-World War One uh, Egypt, though. So that was very interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so during the that time, they're researching and looking stuff, and they figure out, oh my god, there's not just four elements, there's a fifth. Yeah. And there's this great evil that's gonna come kill us all every 5,000 years. Yeah. And then... The much, I can't remember. The, the priest tries to kill the guy because he's like, this guy knows too much. Yeah, which, why? Uh, it didn't I make don't any sense. That, yeah. he, 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 I swear, in 1914, if he'd come out, uh, come out of somewhere uh, talking about this great evil is going to kill us every 5,000 years, they would have put him in like a freaking mental hospital. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. But, but you get these, the spaceship starts coming down, and giant these giant duck-billed aliens yeah. start oh, walking out. I it's laughed like when they body, first came out. Tiny duck head. Yeah. Like, this was, was my like... first time to see this movie, by the way. But <laughs> oh. yeah, so whenever I saw them, I, I started laughing, and I was like, oh, this is, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like, oh, you had you, so you've never seen it on like a uh-uh. like a Spike or USA nope. or TBS or anything. I mean, oh, I've seen clips. I I pretty much knew what the whole movie was because mm-hmm. it's been out so long and it was so popular. But this is my first time to actually sit down and watch the whole thing. Oh man! So so the. The, there's these rocks that help keep everybody safe, keep Earth safe from this great evil. Why does everybody want to attack Earth? Tell me that. Because uh, the Earth is the best. <laughs> Apparently, so they, they <laughs> take understand. these rocks that are supposed to protect the protect the planet, and they're heading off. And then uh, Lou Perry starts to get a little crazy. Wants to take his uh, take his uh, take his pistol. I, for, I forget what kind of pistol it was. It was a German pistol. Yeah, it was, it was an auto pistol. And then he. Uh, starts shooting at these aliens uh and the alien's like whoa dude chill out uh but they end up walking off the rock and then so we just kind of flash forward 300 years to right about when this great evil is coming and we see it come about of course the military goes over and starts shooting missiles at it yeah because you know if (laughs) you don't know what it is shoot yeah so we're off to the races the aliens are coming over to bring the fifth element and their rocks to uh, to earth to shoot their uh, I think they call it the Light of Creation. Basically, big blue energy beam. Yeah. And shoot it at the alien. Uh, we get uh, our Which, hero. The alien is a planet. Yeah, it's uh, I, I, it's called it's, it's basically this big ball of evil. Yeah. But the only name we ever get for it is Mister Shadow. Yeah. Which that's like the that's, that's the weirdest name. It's for so it. stupid. Yeah. I'm evil. What's your name, Mister Shadow? Mister oh. Shadow. Okay. Uh, and he makes phone calls. <laughs> yes, apparently. he does. This giant, this giant, oh, my God, uh, supernatural that... ball of evil yeah. makes phone calls well at least it's a phone call that's a nice <laughs> yeah will, uh, be careful though they will make your forehead bleed for some reason yeah and you won't see any holes where you're bleeding out of yeah just just out of your uh your your head your plastic head covering yeah. apparently yeah. so we we makes meet sense. so they uh aliens they get shot down by the this group that's being headed up by gary oldman who is inexplicably in this movie because <laughs> gary oldman is like one of the best actors like that we currently have and that's uh who uh, who uh i read who was actually doing this as a favor for the director luke besson huh. uh and so through all this we uh see the creation of our hero one of our heroines uh uh, uh Lilu, and then she falls into the taxi of our hero quotes on hero yeah uh corbin dallas they go on this trip to retrieve the stones that are not where they we thought they were going to be. They go to Flostin Paradise, which is basically a cruise ship on another planet. Uh, do a little more fighting, a little more gunplay. They get the rocks out of the stomach of a diva, a space alien diva. Yeah, her name's Diva, and she's an opera singer, which was horrible. Her but... name is Plava Laguna. I wrote it down. Oh, okay. This is why I watch the subtitles, so I can get these things. Oh, God. <laughs> And we get that we they get the stones they bring them back to Egypt and they defeat evil forever. Yeah. There's no more evil in the world ever again. The yeah, end. Yeah. Evil. At least for five. At least for five thousand yeah. years. Evil gone. We good. Yeah, we won. <laughs> no more evil. <laughs> that's 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 the that's the high level summary of what happens yeah, in that, that movie. That's that is the movie right there. <laughs> um, so I just want to say for a 1997 movie, it still holds up really well. Yeah, like the the animation, even I mean, okay, creepy acting, yes, but I mean, still everything about it, I was like, this is at least entertaining. Like, it still kept my interest, and even though, I mean, if you haven't seen it by now, there's, you already know most of the spoilers because you've 
or at least if you're my age, it's been a long time. Yeah, so after this spoiler, uh, well, I, I, we should have said earlier, spoiler yeah, earlier. This whole uh, episode is going to be much of, like, a full spoiler, so. Yeah, it's like you've already been spoiled before, so it's too late at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so for me, this movie was kind of like a, have you seen, uh, if you've seen Blood, uh, not Blood Runner, uh, Blade Runner. Yeah. If you've seen Blade Runner, it's like that, but, like, they've turned the color up to, like, 100. Yeah. Yeah, it's and so colorful. it's, like, way less depressing. Mm, sure. Uh, so, whereas Harrison Ford uh, was always raining uh, in, uh, I think, uh, Blade Runner takes place in New York City. Mm-hmm. I think uh, so. This is also in New York City, but, like, it's on a nice, bright, sunny day. Yeah. And everybody's happy and cheery, and then they get to go to space, and there's no androids. So... <laughs> It was uh, it was like if uh, if everybody was happy in the Blade Runner world. Yeah, that's this is what it looked like to me. That makes sense. Yeah, uh, a moment that I really thought was well, moments that bugged me a lot was the zoom ins of Lilu. Uh huh. Anytime she was on a computer <laughs> or thinking or trying to figure something out, she looked constipated. Oh, did she? She did in every scene where she's like. They're like look like zooming into her. She just looks. She looks like she needed like a break. Can we? You know, <laughs> she's like, can we? Can we press pause? I gotta. I gotta go do something else. They're getting one of those candid takes. It's like, let's put it in the movie, guys. Yeah, they're like, oh look, she looks like she's thinking really hard, and you're like, no, she looks like she's having some issues. <laughs> so. So Ryan, was... what did so like? But what did you like about the movie, though? Oh my likes, um, I liked a lot about this movie. Um, I thought the there's a lot of really funny scenes in it. Yeah, funny little like whenever he gets his cigarettes out of that the machine at the beginning, it drops cigarettes into like a whole cigarette holder almost, uh-huh. and then there's signs all over it that says "Don't smoke." But does he ever go through all four of those? There's like he gets four at the beginning of the day. Does he ever? I only oh. see him use two of them. I don't know. So I don't know what happened. What happens to the two of them? I, really I do. Pay attention. There is a. There is a. Uh, when they, when they are showing that, they show him he has this box of matches in his apartment though, uh, where he's using them. And the, the last time you see those matches before, of course, the end of the movie <sighs> is he strikes the match. This and you was, see there's still one match. That in the was box. that was that was a part of my likes about it. How oh. how they incorporated that. Like yeah. so they make sure to really zoom in. So whenever he lights this cigarette, there's only one. Uh, uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, it's a little matchstick, yeah. Matt, yeah. There's only one match left, and then at the end of the movie, you see him use that one last match, and that's like that's his last chance for it. So, which I'm, I thought that was super cool. The funny thing is, I'm pretty sure that matchbox was also Fost in Paradise because it had the palm trees and the blue. Yeah, I saw that. And I wondered if that's what it was supposed yeah. to be. It's like it's all it's all connected. Uh, another thing that I thought was super cool is whenever they uh, rebuilt Lilu. Uh, yeah. So after really cool. they shot down her spacecraft and they find just like one arm and they put it in this machine and the machine like reads the DNA and then rebuilds her from scratch just based off of like half of her arm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was super cool. I was like, oh, that's that's a cool thought. And I'll go for that technology. Apparently she still like had her faculties because she still spoke ling- like well, her language yeah, and everything. I wondered. I was like, I mean, does it still make her actually her? Is she really the fifth element still? I was wondering the, and that and the other thing I really wondered about too was is is was she just this small uh lady, human looking lady inside this giant duck person armor? Yeah. Like uh, how does that armor work? Because that did not add up. It's like my a lot mind. of they can just live in there because that's like pretty roomy in there. If that's if you're if she's just that size. But what do you, what what 
are some of your favorites about this movie? So some of my favorite, so there was like a one, uh, I, I've got a couple things that I was really a fan of in this movie because this movie was put together pretty well. This mm-hmm. was a major studio release. Uh, so they, they put a lot of care and attention. It didn't, I don't think when it was initially released, it got the reception they wanted it to yeah. get, but it's definitely gotten it over the long period of time. Cause it's been, uh, since it's been in distribution, it's been a lot of people, more people have seen it. But one of the things that I don't remember seeing, uh, or at least to this extent in the televised releases is the scene with the cherry. So when the priest goes and visits Zorg, Gary Oldman's character, right. He's talking about how uh, he, he creates chaos, and the, the, that chaos creates life. Whereas the priest sa- says his his uh, mission is to protect life. He's like, well, I'm protecting life too, and uh, I do all this. And he st- and but the, at the end of to punctuate his point, at the end, he takes a cherry out of this bowl and he pops it into his mouth and he chokes on the uh, the oh, pit yeah. in the cherry. Yeah, and he's choking and he's like trying to like uh, he's trying to like get something to like. Uh, pat him on the back or something to get the pit from out of yeah. his throat and he's punching this keypad and like these ruffled shirts start popping out in these ridiculous colors mm-hmm. uh uh there's a cactus that pops out yeah at one point uh this and it's my favorite part uh it looks like maybe you see him you see it later in the movie so i'm thinking it's his pet it's kind of like this tiny snuffle off like, lo- yeah, the little blob thing and he's he's like he's like signing to it. he's like pat me on the back and the thing's like Oh what? I'm yeah, just what a little, do I do? I'm just I'm I'm just a dumb little animal. Yeah. Uh and so and it's like it's wiggling its nose around. And I thought it was a really interesting cuz it kind of uh showed how powerless he was. It also kind of showed how wacky this world was. Even the bad guy was he could have it could have ended the movie right there. It's like, right? It could have been all over. It would have been yeah. great. It's like you have, well, at least maybe not ended the world, because you still had the big yeah, bad there, It would end. But you have the agent of the big yeah, bad be taken Zorg. out. Zorg. Yeah. Which, Stupid freaking name. <laughs> that is true. God. So, uh, the, the, we'll, which, get, we'll get on to the dislikes. He's part of mine. So. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but that whole scene I thought was really interesting how yeah. it was done, because it kind of show, showed the... Uh, the difference between the uh, the bad guy and one of the good guys, the priest, and what their missions were. Another thing I really liked was uh, the two, a few of the actors in the movie. Gary Oldman, I can't come with Gary Oldman. He's he's a really good actor, so he was doing this as a favor to Luke Besson because uh, Luke Besson financed the movie that he was doing earlier. Mm. Gary Oldman uh, is on record as saying he hates his performance in this movie but i think it elevated it a little bit yeah because uh, again he he was in there he was uh he was chewing up the scenery a little bit it's probably a little bit below par for him uh as far as uh, other movies like uh, you, you, yeah. you'd be more used to seeing him as uh as uh, commissioner gordon in like the batman movies right or in uh like something like tinker taylor soldier spy or something more a little more classy for yeah. like that I, th- I still thought he did great but you know some of those uh some of those movies where you get like a really like a really good classy actor and then put them in a just a ridiculous situation i feel like that's really uh makes for really good entertaining oh yeah uh cinema because like uh just like uh when you look at like the thor movies and you get odin played by anthony hopkins so anthony hopkins is like hannibal lecter yeah but then you have him playing like uh playing uh odin or you playing have him playing a loki who's pretending to be odin and he's and they get to do like crazy stuff yeah so you get to see these really class classic it's fun awesome actors doing crazy stuff also and a lot of people will probably disagree with me on this chris tucker i thought chris chris tucker makes this movie for me 
playing uh was it Ruby 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 Rod? I think so. Let me see. Yeah, yeah, Ruby Rod. So R U B Y R H O D. Oh my god. A lot of people will be like, "Oh, he screams like basically the entire movie." But hey, that's Chris Tucker's shtick right there. Have you ever seen uh, what's oh, that yeah. movie he does with Jackie Chan? Yeah, uh, Rush Hour. Rush Hour. He basically yelling the entire time. But that's that so, was yeah. him. He, I mean, he did fantastic mm-hmm. at that role. But I think just that role, no matter who played it, was just annoying as hell. It could have been anybody playing that role, and it would just be still just as frustrating in my mind. Yeah. But I feel like he pulled it off perfectly. There's, there's only one person I think would have done it better than uh, Chris Tucker. And it's the person who they initially tried to get for that role, and it's Prince. Oh, Prince man. would have been really good. Prince would have been fantastic. <laughs> it's like now, that's like I want to see. I, w- I would love to go back and, and see oh Prince gosh. back in that in, in that movie. I, I, I'm not I, surprised. I, I totally he didn't understand do it. Prince not doing yeah. it. I totally understand that, he, it. Yeah, there's no way he would have done. Apparently, that. they were close to getting Prince for this movie, and he and he and he and in the end, he decided not to. So they got Chris Tucker, who was very popular at the time. Oh but yeah, Chris Tucker for me, uh, he's like one of the most interesting things about this movie because he comes out of the left field in the last the left field in the last part of the movie and he's just like becomes this uh he kind of like sucks the air out of the room because it's just him doing his thing yeah he's he's the showman of the group yeah that's for sure and uh something i know ryan also disagree with me one of the things i liked i love the opera scene the singing uh, is. I love the singing. It's good. Uh, no, 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 yeah, her singing's good. Yeah, that, that's the only part about that whole yeah. scene. That's so that's my. That's enjoyable. my. I just wanted to be a little controversial on that as well. No, that's fine. So yeah. I, I thought that was cool as well. I, I grew up. My sister sang opera. I can appreciate good opera. That yeah. was good opera, but just the like her the the movements of the opera singer and just like well, the stuff that she did you're just like god what so the hell is wrong with so you so this is a good bad i also have dislikes on this scene so we can touch on those when we get to that good as well. because yeah that's part of my <laughs> dislikes too all right so uh so ryan what did you not like about this movie so there there are a few small things and it but really the main big thing was zorg yeah zorg was a pointless bad guy he was. Yeah. In my opinion, just I've watched it now pretty much three times. I watched most of it one day, then it got taken off Netflix, then I watched it actually this morning, and then I watched it again whenever I got here, and I still come to the conclusion we could have done without Zorg. He is annoying. He makes he makes Texans look bad. I'm just gonna <laughs> say with his stupid fake Texan accent and the way he acts and the shit that he does, like it none of it even mattered well so you're saying he's like kind of a uh non-impactful character similar to how indiana jones in uh, legend uh, raiders of the lost ark is just like he, his actions don't matter yeah in the movie yeah it, <laughs> i feel like he was made to be such like a key character even though it really anything that he did just really just didn't matter you know, and he actually shared no screen time with the hero. He was never, he never faced off with Bruce Willis. Uh, true. He yeah. only did with uh, Lilu. Did he? At the very end, uh, whenever they're in the, the sweet area, he starts shooting at Lilu. Oh, that's remember? right. And she climbs up in the ceiling. Right. And... So, but the, the, again, that's they, it, they spend very little time. Yeah. But, so there's never any face off between the hero and this, uh, I would call him like a sub boss. Yeah, and of course. Being the big boss, being the giant planet, who nobody's gonna face off against directly. Yeah, but everything about Zorg just 
I felt like it was such a waste of time. I, I see. I, I they play him off as more of like a comedy uh, kind of like a running gag because he he keeps doing this thing where he sends them off to get the boxes with the stones and he opens the box and you you hide his face. Yeah. And then you and he closes it and he's like, "Where are the stones?" And then he gets on the spaceship where he's thought he thinks he's gotten the stones and he opens the box and he's like, "The stones aren't here." Yeah. And so he goes back to the ship. It's this running gag where they're just kind of making fun of this guy who is supposedly be to be this very devious yeah uh, bad guy and uh he's actually terrible at his job yeah it was yeah not a fan of him and then also the opera like again her singing was good but just the that scene is she's singing opera switches between her and then lilu fighting and then zooming in really fucking close to bruce willis's face where you're thinking why are we looking at his face and then zooming back to the opera singer? I just the whole scene was like, this is pointless. So there's a reason they did that. I actually read there was a reason why they did that. They uh, so uh, the Plava Laguna, the opera singer, she was uh, she was played by Luke Besson's wife at the time, uh, but nobody in the cast. So there was everybody in the cast. They had them in that in that uh, theater uh, seated there, but nobody had seen the character that. Uh, uh, Plava Laguna's character, her full in her mm-hmm. full stature, because she's got this uh, head looks like a she looks like a xenomorph a little bit, yeah, uh, but but blue. Uh, so everybody's seeing her, and then they have this the uh, music. So I feel like they're showing that. Uh, uh, I th- I feel like they're showing like the emotional side of Corbin Dallas a little bit, where he's getting teared up a little bit. You see everybody else kind of getting teared up by the 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 op- yeah. operatic music, maybe. Possibly, I, guess. I don't know. I don't it was know. it was it was a bit of an odd break yeah. in the middle in the pacing of the movie though. Yeah, where it's like, hey, let's break for this opera. <laughs> it's because it was totally it was totally unimportant to the plot. Yeah, it's just something that was gonna happen and it had been talked about, but they didn't need to show it. They could have just said, oh, the opera just happened. Now let's go to the gunfight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but I also say it was interesting. It was actually I I, I found the the music of it was interesting, but the. Yeah. Uh, the everything else was weird yeah it was an awkward scene what about you what's your dislikes so my dislikes uh so on the on the opera the dancing the dancing the uh the opera singer did that she uh, does yeah that's she, fucking weird she does this weird uh semi macarena thing where she's like doing this <laughs> yeah, thing with her fingers and oh she's my... like she's like they're on her hips and she like waves them up in the air as she goes into the techno portion of her performance oh, and the way she <laughs> dies too oh spoiler she gets kid. shot and then she's like, puts her hands out, like, what the f? Yeah, and then like slowly falls <laughs> very down, dramatically, g- gently. We're like, oh lord. And then, uh, and then Cobra Dallas immediately runs up and starts reaching into her gut to get the stones. Yeah, because that's where they're at. Yeah, that must have been uncomfortable, by the way. <laughs> Unless she had like just some like pouch in there that she, I don't know what aliens uh, physiology physiology is. So what, you don't. What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, my other stuff, dude. Cobra Dallas has got some boundary issues. So like yeah. I swear it's like from minute one as soon as Lilu falls into his car he's like ogling her yeah he's trying to get in the pants well her non pants initially because she's just like covered in bandages <laughs> that's true yeah the... but like he uh trying like, to get in her bandage yeah and he like get, <laughs> he gets her uh he gets her to uh the priest's place I can't remember the priest's name for life me uh because they keep on calling him priest that's right. the way I remember it uh and he's like wake her up so he's like trying to wake her up while he's well he's off getting uh putting on like his formal robe or whatever right and he's he like kisses her when she's passed out yeah and she has the appropriate reaction which i gave the movie credit for she pulls a gun that. out yeah to his head, i loved that I was which, like, which i was like that's good because he like that was totally like she just pulled the trigger yeah 
because and and she says it something in her gibberish which uh ends up being translated to not without my permission yeah which totally the right message yeah but man that's corbin before dallas, the whole like me too movement I mean, yeah. she, she was like leading that <laughs> yeah but man corbin dallas he like throughout the movie he's just shown oh. to be a creep i mean and especially the scene where like she knocks on the door and he's like oh it's my wife yeah what the hell dude you've only met like once like what's, what's wrong with you oh that was just to throw off the the the, the military guy well there. no after he said that then he tried to like back like back up like oh well no not yet okay yeah because they hold the whole thing the interesting is interesting thing is before all this happens before he meets her he's talking to one of his old uh army buddies and yep. he's talking about he's waiting for the perfect woman and then they start they show her getting made and they and they talk about how this is the perfect woman yeah so it's this Which, whole thing yeah i mean i love bruce willis he's one of my favorite actors but it was he was just he was made out to be such a creepy person yeah particularly in hindsight it may have been it may have been okay in the 90s yeah but, uh, as of now that, seeing this, that is unacceptable uh, in 2019 you look at it and you're like yeah that's not good yeah that's gonna be in the news <laughs> <laughs> uh and uh so my other thing that i didn't really care for was uh, everybody sounded kind of emotionally unbalanced in some like in, oh yeah in some of the off uh, it was mostly in the off scene uh, delivered the dialogue uh, like they did some post work where they just had somebody add lines here for for comedic comedic effect which happens sometimes where uh, they don't have time to go back into reshoots so they just had somebody add a line to, of a character that's off the scene uh, off somewhere else right and so there was like one scene where there uh where he uh corbin dallas asked about uh ruby Ro- ruby rod and uh she's like uh she's like uh talking like very matter-of-factly about the room and she's like oh and Ru-. she's like well you can find this here and you can find that there and coming to meet you later is ruby rod and i was like yeah whoa that's like a total change yeah. in tone so that was a yeah, that was a very interesting thing. So th- they could have worked that in a little more naturally. I feel like yeah, but it, it was totally was so like forced off the wall. It was bad. <laughs> I mean, whenever so whenever I got here, he was finishing up watching it again, and whenever that scene came on, we both just kind of laughed like, "What the hell? This is so bad and awkward." Mm-hmm. Just when every time anybody said his name, it was like so enthusiastic, but it was always unenthusiastic people saying it, right? Which if it's if it's with the character because how they how they treat the character and how they portray the character he's very over the top. Oh, but God, nobody yes. else is over the top except for Ruby Rod. Yeah. So, but that's like that. That's most of the stuff that I didn't care for the movie overall. I I enjoyed the movie though. Yeah. This, so, this is a movie I've seen multiple times. So, so noteworthy. What's the noteworthy? Noteworthy stuff. You know, honestly, the plotting of this movie. They while there was a lot of exposition, particularly in the beginning. I feel like they set it up very well where you understand yep. what's happening. Yeah. So the noteworthy-wise, uh, I feel like they just kind of... You coming in coming into this clean uh, with, with no knowledge of it. Because, again, I've, well, I've seen this movie multiple times. It's rare that I've seen it from front to back. So going in to see this, you get the, you get the mythology of what's going on. Right. You get it delivered to you. Uh, maybe a little bit slowly in the beginning. But yeah. you, you get it delivered to you, and then you know what where all the pieces are going towards the end and then everything gets executed boom boom in a weird fashion but in the end everybody gets to that pyramid at the end and they put the triangles where they need to go and they shoot the beam the big blue laser up in space to to blow up the uh uh the space ball of doom right so for me which this is kind of a nitpicky thing Mm -hmm. the president bug the shit out of me (laughs) you you too (laughs) okay 
I'm just making sure I was just like, there's something off about who the president was. So I just felt like that was kind of a small little weird noteworthy. Every time you saw the president, you're like, is he, does he not like this role? Does he just not really care? Or is this how he's supposed to be? You know what I mean? Because every time we saw it, he, it really was like, he was just saying his lines to get him over with. <laughs> so that, and then the thing that we already talked about, which were the matches, that was my big noteworthy of, which I didn't catch till I watched it again whenever I got here, was the one match that he uses at the end to, to get the fire stone to work is he starts the match and puts the fire on the stone and it lights up and turns on. I didn't realize that at the beginning, they zoom in and show that there's only two matches and he uses one to light up his cigarette. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool that they they did that because now there's a lot of movies that do that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Which I feel like back then, there's not that much where they try to hold on to a certain little plot till the end. So I thought that was pretty cool. So I do have one more. You reminded me of another noteworthy thing I really thought about. Uh, so one of the other things I thought was really interesting with how the how they pl- uh, plotted uh, how they put together some of the scenes was they would sw- uh, switch quickly between different plate because there were so many different groups of people kind of running around. Yeah, you had Zorg's people, you had the priests people, particularly in the scene where everybody's trying to get on the spaceship. Yeah, to get to the the, the cruise ship, uh, you had the priests people, you had Corbin Dallas and Lilu, uh, and uh, you had Ruby Rose, who's uh, Ruby Rods. I keep wanting to change his name, yeah. Ruby Rose. Uh, so so they're getting those monsters off. too. Those monsters are right, part of the Zork. monsters. So that's like five groups. Yeah. So you have all these people who are trying to get on the ship as this one person. Yeah. Uh, but when the guy's doing the countdown, he's like going ten, and it's kind of like switching between all these different people. You have uh, Ruby Rod, who's uh, doing what he's doing with the uh, the stewardess. Yes. You have uh, you have uh, the priest trying to sneak up into the 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 the. Lane gear. gear, yeah, and uh, it's just uh, everything kind of syncs up. You got ten, and it's like all this stuff going around nine, boom, 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 and it's like as it goes, it kind of shows everybody in like uh, in this in the same time where they're at, and it kind of keeps bouncing back and forth. And it was that a really interesting cool. way to show uh, they did they did this about I think three times throughout the course of the movie with a different few places because they all also did this with uh, in uh, during the opera. Oh yeah, they did. Where she was singing and Lilu was fighting uh, the uh, the dog monsters. Yeah, in, in the best hotel way to describe room. them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in the bomb scene as well, where you have to, like uh, where I thought was really interesting is oh, like yeah. the, the the countdown got down to five when he when he put his little card in there to stop the clock when Zorg stopped it. And the other clock after the after the dog monster hits the button, yeah, it the starts on bomb. five. Yeah, the second bomb so starts at five. So everything was in sync with everything else. Yeah, so that was pretty you, cool. So, every, so you didn't uh, the other one didn't start with two hours left to go. The other one had five seconds, and then it went off even with this other bomb that had five seconds to go. So with them syncing everything, it was really interesting, uh, really cool how they got everything synced up. That was yeah. I liked that too. That was pretty cool. So worth seeing, yes or no. I would say most definitely yes. Yeah. It's 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 a kind of a artifact of its times. It's a definitely a '90s movie, but uh, Still you know, very it's a it's a classic. Yeah. I, I liked it. It's Same for me. Definitely better than uh, some of Luc Besson's other sci-fi uh, attempts. Yes. So if you had if you were between this and Valerian Land, uh, Place of a Thousand Planets or City of a Thousand Planets, yeah, uh, watch this instead. Yeah, that's. Yes, that's yeah. a good choice. It's probably this is probably easier and cheaper to see. All right, all right, Anthony. So, what do you recommend 
this week for your recommendation. That Recommendations a, of the week? Yeah, that was that was a great way of saying that. <laughs> uh, so my recommendation for this week. So I've been binging uh, the new Amazon series, The Boys. Mm-hmm. So it's heroes gone bad, these superheroes that have gone bad. Uh, and uh, there is a group of folks who are trying to hold them accountable for some of the shady stuff they've done uh it's definitely worth a watch it's not for the children uh, a lot of bad words it gets gory at times uh there's some sex and drugs involved however definitely worth watching it's a really it's got really good story uh carl urban is great in it but the all the other actors are just amazing uh i've really enjoyed it uh i'm about two episodes from finishing this first season check it out even if you're tired of amazon shoving it down your throat with their all their advertising (laughs) give it a watch it's still really good it's they're just trying to get you to watch some of their good stuff so i I would definitely recommend that show it's it's a good it's a good show i actually just went on to try to put it on my list and the first thing that popped up was that the boys the boys so (laughs) i was like all right well i'll I'll remember that look forward to me recommending the next amazon show i recommend which will be the expanse coming out in a few months so um so for me it's also a show but well i guess it could be family friendly could be as an it is so it's actually parks and rec oh yeah 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 Yeah, so a lot of people seen it by now but i still go through and watch episodes because i love that that show that in the office those are like my top movies or tv shows i Um, wish there was a parks and rec tv or a tv movie or full-length movie right i mean i would so watch that yeah or even the office i would take either yeah so um one reason is just like so yeah lately at work sometimes it gets slow so i've been kind of going through that again and my favorite uh gif 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 uh gif let's go with gif yeah, I've I don't heard care what people say. Oh god, it's so many different ways. It is the one of Andy, you know, doing the surprise look. What? Yeah, the what? <laughs> That's my favorite one because I make that look all the time. So, uh, so that's my recommendation. Recommendation is if you haven't seen Parks and Rec, spend time, binge watch it. Like it's fantastic. It's I so recommend cool. that too. I'm, just, I'm I'm watching through that as well. Yeah. So oh, it's such a great show. You can give it a watch every now and then. Any really anything that Michael Schur works on for real. He's a producer on that. He's produced. Uh, he was a uh, producer part of the time on The Office, Parks yeah. and Recreation, The Good Place. Yeah. Uh, and if Chris Pratt's in it too, that's like a double whammy. Yeah. Exactly. So. But. Thank you everybody for sticking with us today, listening and enjoying. Hopefully, because we enjoyed it. Uh, Anthony, what's what's our next episode? So the next movie we are going to be discussing is a what I think to be a Netflix classic. It's one of the first movies they put out onto their service uh, several years ago. We're going to be watching that uh, sci-fi classic. I would uh, say so. Spectral. Yeah. So I've seen it. He hasn't. I have not. I'm so excited to watch it again to actually take notes and watch because it's it's pretty good in my opinion so we'll we'll get to that all right well yeah so uh look forward to hearing from this uh next time so check us out on twitter at let's make a pod yep that's at sign so that's the a with the circle around it l-e-t-s-m-a-k-e-a-p-o-d Cool. So hit us up there uh, with recommendations of movies, subjects, beers, and anything in between. Yeah, so, we look, look forward to hearing from you guys. Yeah. So.
So thanks, everybody, and we'll check on you guys later. All right, bye.